0: And you might stay there, keep your Bibles open, because we're going to come back to that passage here in just a moment and talk about it uh, as part of the sermon here for a few moments, actually. Before that, I have a pop quiz for you. And so let me get my props. I want you to tell me, let's take a vote. We have Pepsi which I took from the refrigerator upstairs. So if anybody's missing a Pepsi, (laughs) see me afterwards. But there's a big box of them, so you probably won't miss it for a while. Uh, Coca-Cola, which Megan picked up from me, so this is mine. Uh, We have Diet Coke, which I took from the kitchen upstairs. So if anybody's missing it, I'm just kidding. They'll go back. All right, raise your hands if it's Coca-Cola is the right uh, beverage. Anyone? I get a good group of hands here. All right. Hands down. Pepsi? Oh, well, I think Pepsi might have won. I'm quite surprised, or at least they're the loudest. Diet Coke. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Diet Coke and uh, Coke might have tied, and we won't throw in Mountain Dew uh, today, and and, uh, Dr. Pepper and things like that. We're just going to sit these here for a moment and hope I don't knock them down as part of the sermon. But remember in the 1980s, uh, Coca-Cola existed and existed quite quite, um, quite well and then they invented New Coke. Anybody remember New Coke? Like, it, it was supposedly, I, I was a child so I don't remember it, but it was supposedly quite a disaster. Like everybody rejected new Coke. And after that, supposedly Coca-Cola's recipe is locked in a safe somewhere and nobody's going to get their recipe, supposedly. And so I think one of Coca-Cola's advertisements is something like it's the real thing, right? You know, it's the real thing. And I want to make the case to you that Jesus Christ is the real thing. There's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus, and Jesus is the real thing. And uh, Jesus, you know, is the only way to be made right with God is through Jesus. And, and, and furthermore, more than that, as Victoria just fabulously read, uh, Jesus holds all of creation together as well. In July 2009, Prade Magazine ran an article entitled, The Race for the Secret of the Universe. It focused on Fermilab a four-mile-round particle accelerator that resides west of Chicago. The scientists gathered there are searching for the ever-elusive Higgs-Boson, also known as the God particle. The article explains more. Physicists believe that this special subatomic particle allows all of the other particles in the universe to have mass and come together to form, well, basically, everything that is around us according to one Fermilab theorist. Without the so-called God particles, atoms would have no integrity. So there would be no chemical bonding, no stable structures, no liquids or solids, and of course, no physicists and no reporters. Some of that might be okay. <laughs> While it's certainly possible that, the, that, that God built such a tiny particle into the deepest part of his creation it isn't the god particle the god particle that holds all things together actually the god person is jesus christ consider what paul writes in ephesians 1:10 ephesians 1:10 christ brings unity to all things in heaven and on earth who brings unity christ brings unity Consider Colossians 1.16. It's already been read. It'll be read uh, one more time today. Colossians 1.16. For in Christ all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Today I want to talk about Christ. I want to talk about soteriology. Everybody say it. Say soteriology. Soteriology. Soteriology is a study of salvation. I have been been convicted to pray a number of Bible passages. And the number keeps growing. It's and this is a sermon series titled Praying Scriptures. These are scriptures which we can pray, or ideas, or ideas, themes from Scripture which we can pray back to God. You know, I've been convicted to pray that my children and descendants recognize. Proper theology, which is a study of God, and soteriology, which is a study of salvation. This means that we must understand that we are saved by grace through faith. That's Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. We're not saved by works, we're not saved by angels, which maybe we would think by some of the decorations, you know, out there in Gatlinburg or wherever. Uh, we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Jesus is the only way to be made right to God. Jesus holds all of creation together. And that's kind of Christology, which is the study of Christ and who he is as well. My theme today is pray that we and our children value proper theology and so theology. Theology matters and Christology matters. You know, we must know God and we must study God. But we must also know that we are not saved by simply intellectual knowledge about God. We are not saved by merely intellectual knowledge about Jesus. We are saved by trusting in Jesus as Lord and Savior. There could be people out there. Back up. There are people out there who have very little intellectual knowledge about jesus and christology and soteriology and ecclesiology and eschatology and all the other ologies but they know and they trust and they have faith in jesus as their lord and savior and they are saved there are others who can have all the intellectual knowledge in the world but they're not trusting in jesus as their redeemer jesus is the only way to be made right with god you know, I preached a sermon series on the study of God, on theology, so we're not going to get into that today. Um, but in this passage, in Colossians 1, 15-20, Paul is combating erroneous theology. He's combating wrong theology. The whole letter to Colossae, to that church, is combating erroneous theology. So is Hebrews actually lump in a lot of our New Testament. A lot of the the devil tried to weave his way in and make people worship angels and think they could be saved by angels. And God had to use the Apostle Paul to write Scripture. He inspired him to write Scripture and say, No, Jesus holds all of creation together. Salvation is only by Jesus. I like what A.W. Tozer writes about Jesus. He says, Now the Bible has a great deal to say about the manner in which sinful man may come into the fellowship in the presence of God. And it all has to do with forgiveness and grace and regeneration and justification in Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Tozer continues, It all boils down to the teaching that Jesus Christ is everything that the Godhead is. The image of the invisible God, the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, all of these we find in and through Jesus Christ. We believe with rejoicing that Jesus Christ was the begotten of the Father before all ages, that he is God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten and not made, of one substance with the Father, and it is by him that all things were made. Tozer continues, he was and is and can never, can never cease to be God. And when we find him and know him, we are back at the ancient found again. Christ is all that the Godhead is. And our salvation is only by Jesus. He is the real thing. He is better than Coca-Cola, if we can imagine that. You know, I desire that myself and my descendants, that we recognize and submit to proper theology. we got to recognize and submit to the proper study of God, the proper study of Jesus and salvation. Theology, That th- this matters. You know, I, I'm a fan of Bible translations that we understand, okay? So for a child, certainly use a New Living Translation. Let them understand the Bible that they read. But some of these translations... have to make judgments and they take out certain theological terms they take out certain theological terms to help people understand and that's very important we want people to understand but as children and adults grow up we need to understand words like reconciliation we're going to talk about that in a minute jesus has reconciled reconciled restored thoroughly restored our relationship with god but it's only by jesus Jesus has taken away the anger that was against us because of our sin. Jesus took it away. He took the wrath of God in our place. Jesus took that wrath of God in our place. This whole passage in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, is all about the supremacy of Christ. Jesus reconciles the world. Look at Colossians 1 verse 20 again. If you're looking at it in your Bibles, look at it again. If you're looking in my notes, look at it again. And I'm going to look at it on this um, tablet. Colossians 1 20. And through him, that's Jesus, to reconcile all things. To reconcile all things to himself. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, that's Jesus. I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. Jesus reconciled all things. That word reconcile, we're going to talk about that for a minute. That word reconcile is really important. It means to reconcile, to set up a relationship, get this, to set up a relationship of peace not existing before. In that, the Greek word is apacataleso. Apokateleso. And it has the idea of the restoration of a relationship of peace which has been disturbed. Get this. Sin had broken our relationship between us and God. Sin had broken the relationship between us and God. We needed reconciled. Our peace with God had a gulf in between it, had a canyon in between it, had a break, a divider in between it. We needed restored. We needed reconciled. That word "reconcile," John, John MacArthur kind of takes apart that word. Listen to what he says. He says, now the term, the familiar term in the Bible is kataleso. kataleso. That's the familiar Greek term for reconcile in the Bible. Kataleso, kataleso. But that's not used here. Listen to what MacArthur says. He says, and I only mention that because I want to make a distinction in a minute. And kataleso means to reconcile. Among other possibilities, it can mean to change or to exchange. It has been used in terms of exchanging coins. But basically, in the sense that we will use it in its figurative sense, it means to reconcile. Now that particular term is used in the New Testament only twice. In the reference between God and man. That is reconciling God to man. That term is only used two times. Two times in the New Testament, that basic Greek word for reconcile having to do with God and man is only used twice. It is used in Second Corinthians five nineteen, in that sense there, and it also occurs in Romans chapter five and verse ten. And in both of those passages, the general basic word reconcile is used when a man is reconciled to God. When God and man end their battle and declare themselves partners again, as they once were before the fall. But there's another term for reconcile. And this different term for reconcile is used here in Colossians chapter 1. It is not kataleso that is used. It is apocataleso. And MacArthur says, again, I point out to you, whenever a preposition is added to the front of a word, that's what they're adding. The Greeks are adding a preposition to the front of the word. We can thank the Greeks for this. It intensifies the word. This is what's important. This is reconciled, intensified. Reconciled thoroughly. Thoroughly reconciled, completely reconciled, totally reconciled. And that is a terminology that is used here in Colossians. So here's the point in that little word battle thing. Um, We are thoroughly reconciled to God through Christ. We are completely reconciled to God through Christ. We are totally reconciled to God through Christ. There's no doubt about it. There's nothing left out. We are completely restored in our relationship to God through Christ, but only through Christ. Paul had been combating the false teachers in Colossians. A theologian named Lightfoot in the 1800s gave more information about them. He writes, The false teachers aimed at effecting a partial reconciliation between God and man through the interposition of angelic mediators. These false teachers thought we could partially be reconciled to God through angels. But you can't. Lightfoot continues The apostle speaks of an absolute, incomplete reconciliation of universal nature to God, affected through the mediation of the incarnate word. Their mediators were ineffective. Angels were ineffective because they were neither human nor divine. The true mediator, the true one to bring reconciliation, must be both human and divine. It was necessary that in Jesus All the plenitude of the Godhead should dwell. It was necessary. Also, they should be born into the world and should suffer as a man. These are great applications about correct theology. They were dealing with angelic worship, but we cannot be saved through angels. We could not be saved through the Old Testament law. Jesus had to come and be the fulfillment of the law in order to reconcile us to Christ. Anybody know what this is? What? It's not an iPhone. It's not Android. iPhone would be the correct type of phone, but this is... I'm just kidding. This, Garmin. It's a Garmin. It's a GPS. I think Ken was saying that, too. You know, we used to use maps, right? And you're going on vacation, and maybe you go to AAA and get a triptych or maps. Before that, I don't know what they did. I guess they talked and asked people at the gas station. But now we can just plug in an address in our gps and it takes us there we got even better gps's we have google maps we have apple maps there's something called waze w-a-z-e it is fabulous it'll take you like yesterday i went with the youth group up to uh wherever we went that beach up on lake erie um what is it called Kyle, Press- 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 Isle. Isle. thank you <laughs> Press Isle. And we were going to go to Beach 6. I type in and it takes me right there. It even does traffic reports. You know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. How do we get to heaven? How do we get to eternity? Only through Jesus because Jesus is the only way to be reconciled. And sometimes we end up thinking angels can get us there. Or thinking good works can get us there. Or thinking the law can get us there. And that's like trying to go to Pittsburgh and going on Interstate 76 West. It doesn't work. It's the wrong way. It won't get you there. you got to go through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by Him. Notice this passage, by the way, Colossians 1.20, back to the Bible. Notice this passage. It says, to reconcile all things. All things are reconciled. And this is referring to the whole world. The whole world is reconciled to God. All of creation. Listen, Romans eight twenty, Romans eight twenty says, for the creation, the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him, he subjected it in hope. Romans goes on to say, all of creation was waiting for salvation. Now humans, and we could say we're most important here. We are God's treasured creation. We're created in God's image, and Jesus came and died for us. But all the world can be reconciled to God. But we do have to choose Jesus and follow Jesus and believe in Jesus and confess we're sinners in need of a Savior. Let's look at some applications here. Who or what are you trusting in for salvation? Should be a pretty simple question. Do you recognize proper belief systems about God? Jesus and salvation. And just think about it. Is Jesus the real thing going back to the Coke illustration? Are you stuck drinking counterfeits? <laughs> Sorry, Pepsi people. <laughs> or you have all the benefits of Jesus without the calories? <laughs> Who or what are you trusting in for salvation? You know, I once heard that Elvis Presley would wear a cross and a Star of David around his neck because he did not want to miss heaven on a technicality. Now, when I heard that, I thought it's kind of cute and kind of funny and kind of punny. But it doesn't work. Really, it doesn't even matter what you wear around your neck. There's lots of people wearing crosses around their neck. They've been quite, become quite fashionable, haven't they? What matters is, have you trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior? Are you committed to him? Have you confessed your sinners in need of a Savior? Are you making him Lord of your life? We must pray that we accept and understand Jesus is supreme. We must accept And understand these passages from the Bible. Jesus holds all of creation together. You know, God designed creation. He created everything meticulously, purposefully, in all ways. In William Steig's Yellow and Pink, a delightfully whimsical picture book for children, two wooden figures wake up to find themselves lying on an old newspaper in the hot sun. Bless you. Did somebody sneeze? I thought I heard somebody sneeze. Bless you. (laughs) These two little children, these two no, these two wooden figures wake up to find themselves lying on an old newspaper in the hot sun. One figure is painted yellow, the other pink. Suddenly, yellow sits up and asks, do you know what we are doing here? So begins a debate between the two marionettes over the origin of their existence. Pink surveys their well-formed features and concludes, someone must have made us. Yellow disagrees. I say we are an accident. And he outlines a hypothetical scenario of how it might have happened. A branch might have broken off a tree and fallen on a sharp rock, splitting one end of the branch into two legs. Then the wind might have seen it tumbling down a hill until it was chipped and shaped. Perhaps a flash of lightning, perhaps a flash of lightning struck in such a way as to splinter the wood into arms and fingers. Eyes might have been formed by woodpeckers boring in the wood with enough time a thousand a million maybe two and a half million years lots of unusual things could happen says yellow why not us the two figures argue back and forth in the end the discussion is cut off by the appearance of a man coming out of a nearby house he strolls over to the marionettes picks them up and checks their paint Nice and dry, he comments, and tucking them under his arm, he heads back toward the house. Speaking out from under the man's arm, yellow whispers in Pink's ear, Who is this guy? We can get lots of ideas, you know, as we think, rather than look into the Bible for our answers. But God created us. He created us with intent. God created us with detail. God created us with precision. God is the only one who thoroughly and completely reconciled us through Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, have you trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you committed to him? Have you believed in him? It's not just intellectual head knowledge. It's truly trusting in him as Lord and his Savior. You know, in the Bible times, they dealt with angel worship. They dealt with... Thinking they could get saved by good works just like we do today. Doesn't work. You need a savior. We all need a savior. The Bible teaches that God created us to be in a relationship with him. Genesis 1 through 2. But our sins separate us from God. We see that in Genesis 3. uh, Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. We see that in Genesis 4 through Malachi 4. You know Hebrews 6.10 tells us that God does remember our good works. But they don't save us. This is an interesting illustration about that. If you bake a cake and you burn it, the cake is burnt. You can put icing on the cake. The icing may taste good, but the cake is still burnt. You've got to take care of the burnt cake. We still had sin to be taken care of. So paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. And everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Life that's eternal means we will be with Jesus forever. Jesus offers us a free gift of salvation. It's totally free. You don't have to earn it. But Jesus does call us to count the cost and truly commit our lives to him. Truly follow him and make him our Lord and our Savior. Please pray with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you that, Jesus, that you are the real thing. I thank you that you came. There there was no other way. For salvation. So Jesus you came and you died in our place on the cross. And you rose again. And were saved by grace through faith. For forgiveness of our sins. Lord Jesus help us to live for you. Help us to, be, to understand that reconciliation to God only happens through you. Lord God if there's people here who have been trusting in good works to reconcile them. May today be the day where they trust in you if these people here have been trusting in something else to reconcile them, to make them right with God, other than you, Jesus, may today be the day where they are set free and they trust in you as Lord and Savior. Jesus, we know that we can tell God this in a simple prayer. The prayer does not save us. It's what's in our heart that saves us. But if there's anyone here who wants to make a declaration of their faith in you today for the first time, May we share that with you, Lord, in a simple prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I have sinned and missed your perfect standard. I recognize that I cannot be saved through good works. I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, I recognize that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I am believing in you. I am committing my life to you. Lord Jesus, help us all to follow you. And if anyone here said that prayer, please guide them as they grow in their relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.